3: HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. We're being lied to again. Remember that Nord Stream 2 thing? We have updated news on that. We're going to talk about how to fight back domestic extremism. I'll plug my book 85 times tonight. We have great guests top to bottom. It's going to be a blast And I'm Right. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I forgot we were doing a show right now. I was just busy reading. It was just my copy of the Anti-Communist Manifesto. I was learning about all the history of communism and how it ties into America today and how to fight back. And I was laughing at all the witty jokes in this book and stuff like that. Anyway, if you want, you can join everyone else in America the way this thing's flying off the charts at jessiekellybook.com. Quick heads up on this before we get into the rest of the show we sold out of signed copies in 24 hours. Don't panic. You can still go buy your signed copy because we just ordered a gigantic batch of second, a a second batch of them. So my wrist might fall off, but you want a signed copy? That's also at jessikellybook.com. Enjoy. Now onto the show. I don't like being lied to. You don't like being lied to. We're being lied to constantly. And there are so many lies that sometimes it's hard to figure out what one we have to focus on. What is the most important thing they're lying about? And I'm sure we miss things. You miss things. I miss things. There are lies out there we're not worried about right now that we should be. I know that. I'm worried about something right now. I'm worried about the Russia-Ukraine situation. When I get reports about Russia moving nuclear weapons into Belarus, that concerns me. When I see propaganda... From some of the most despicable outlets out there, like the Washington Post, talking about things like the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and how Ukraine bombed it. That concerns me. And you know why it concerns me? Ukraine did not bomb Nord Stream 2. Now, I wasn't there, but I'm telling you right now, and I need you to hear me Ukraine did not bomb Nord Stream 2. Do you know how I know? Because Ukraine can't bomb. Nord Stream 2. They don't have the ability to bomb Nord Stream 2. I am not one of these super ninja, Navy SEAL, Green Beret types, but I know many, and I've spoken with many of them. I've interviewed them on the air. There are maybe four or five, six countries on the planet, nation states, that have the ability to pull off an op like that in deep water like that. It wasn't some rebel group, it wasn't some third tier country like Ukraine. It was one of the big boys. It was us. You can maybe blame the Ruskies themselves, although I don't believe that. It was Britain, maybe France. It was a top-end NATO country, or us. Ukraine didn't bomb it, we know that, that's a fact. Ukraine did not bomb it, but they're telling us Ukraine did. And do you remember that Joe Biden immediately, on top of this slide, right after it was bombed, Joe Biden went out and Joe Biden blamed it on the Russians?
0: It was a, a deliberate act of sabotage, and now the Russians are pumping out disinformation and lies. We're going work with our allies to get to the bottom exactly what, it, precisely what happened.
3: We're going to figure out exactly what happened. We're going to figure out what happened. Hmm. Well, here's one of the things that might have happened. Did you know that NATO, and this involved US naval vessels, the United States Navy was there, Did you know that they were doing exercises a mile away from those pipelines when those pipelines blew up? One mile. They didn't even pretend to get far enough away. They were one mile away. Which leads me to this. Joe Biden having a melting brain makes for great TV, makes for funny sound bites. We laugh, I laugh, you laugh, everyone laughs. But it's also a tremendous national security risk, incredible. Because the president of the United States of America speaks on camera all the time, and he also contains within his melting brain national security secrets that affect the security of the entire planet. And if he's not able to keep those secrets within his mind and instead says them to the press, we're in trouble. If Germany,
0: if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine. Uh, again, then uh, w- there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. It, we we will bring an end to it. What, do you,
1: what? How will you how will you do that? Exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control.
0: We will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it.
3: One of the most jaw dropping moments. In the history of presidential television and most people have forgotten about it or never saw it at all the president of the united states of america who gets national security briefs every single day with super classified information his brain is so non-functional he took the information from that brief that he had clearly discussed with his advisors and went and broadcasted it to the to the world. It was so amazing. The reporter, you could hear how dumbfounded she was. How would you? What? How would you do that? What? How are you going to do that? It's not even in your control. And then you could tell he caught himself. Well, I'm, it, what? Uh, it, it'll be taken care of. <laughs> amazing. Joining me now, my buddy Jordan Shaktel has the best Substack I think out there called the Dossier. Jordan, you write about this a lot. I still can't believe that he admitted it. And then we did NATO exercises a mile from the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And at the time of the NATO exercises, the holes appeared in the pipeline. It's a miracle.
2: It's amazing what we're being told. We're being told that Ukraine went at this alone in the middle of a war in which their Navy has been entirely depleted. So on my subsec, I drew a map of what it would take basically of the Ukrainian Navy to go from the port of Odessa to the explosion site without <laughs> a little drawing of a Ukrainian boat it would take a, it would be about 10,000 miles round trip so the idea that they had yes. no assistance from NATO is so laughable like that these Ukrainian navy seals pulled off this unbelievable mission by the way without the you know consent of several partner nations even on this seaborne journey you could clearly tell that a lot of people would have noticed so the idea that they got in and out of there without anyone noticing—it's it, so preposterous. They, they, they think so low of our basic intelligence. And the Washington Post and the New York Times, as you know, they just—they re- just repeat what the intelligence community is telling them. They win Pulitzers, so it's like a win-win situation. You know, the 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 deep state gets their cover. Um, the uh, you know the blue and on class will repeat the narrative, and and it goes on.
3: It it really is how disrespectful they are to us to think that we would believe something like that and how little they care. They just tell these absurd lies to us over and over again. Speaking of lies, one of the things that has been so frustrating for me when it comes to Russia-Ukraine is I can't get accurate information. I have such a difficult time. It's so hard to find. And this is in the information era where everyone has a cell phone and a Twitter account I don't know who's winning, who's losing. Endless Russian propaganda, endless Ukrainian propaganda. We're winning, there's a spring offensive. Russia's almost done, Ukraine is collapsing. Apparently there's a dam that burst. What's happening, Jordan?
2: You're right, there's so much propaganda that we have very few things to go by so we can look at where the troops are and the Ukrainian troops are moving in the wrong direction. That, that's like it's the easiest way to explain what's going on in the war. Now there's all this talk about a counteroffensive, but they're losing territory, territory that's specifically very friendly to Russians, and it seems to be that that's the area they're, ne- they're going to be negotiating over in the years to come. Unfortunately, however, it seems that the NATO alliance is totally committed to fighting to the very last Ukrainian person, Um, And, you know, this has been a total win for, you know, the military and defense industry, unfortunately, so they're actually incentivized to continue this war as long as possible, you know, because there's billions and billions of dollars at stake. Uh, Congress is being told what to do. Um, but certainly, you know, the idea that that Ukraine is, is going to win and, and enter Russia, I really see no no evidence of this happening. And do we really want to destabilize a nuclear power to the point of uh, you know civil war and anarchy uh, with thousands of nuclear weapons? The whole thing to me is just so insane that, you know. Unfortunately, the U.S. And, and NATO powers are not a neutral arbiter. They're they're positioned specifically on one side of this proxy war while Russia is on the other side and I do hope that cooler heads will prevail but ultimately you know someone like Zelensky is also completely beholden to the west whereas Ukraine historically acted as a buffer state that is no longer the case. There, you know, Zelensky is an instrument of of greater powers at this point. So it's a total mess, and unfortunately, I don't have any good news to report about, you know, peace or anything like that. It's just the the, the continuation of the war. All the incentives are misaligned.
3: Yeah, that's one of the things that I found so sad. Jordan is all the young men and and honestly more when it comes to ukraine but all the young men just getting churned up in this meat grinder ukrainian young men russian young men uh, the stories i hear from my sources on the ground is it's very much an artillery conflict so it's just millions of rounds dropping on people they're burying your toe if they can find it and it's so sad i know that sounds sappy but i just find it to be so sad and awful
2: yeah, I agree. You know, there's like there, there's a human cost to the continuation yeah. of this perpetual war footing, and you know, when you hear people like Lindsey Graham uh, chopping it up with Zelensky and kind of like applauding the fact that Russians are dying, like I don't care that you know whatever nationality, you know, race, color, whatever you are, the the idea that that people are excited about human carnage, that's a pretty good indicator that they're not on the right side of history. They're not moral, morally upstanding individuals. And those people should be avoided at all costs. They should not be granted positions of power.
3: Yeah, I agree, man. Go sign up for his Substack, the dossier. You get all kinds of juicy nuggets from Jordan. Jordan, thank you, my man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Anytime. But James Comey's out there in the news. He's saying some stuff that, believe it or not, we should pay attention to. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, all that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. I'm comfortable right now. Well, Actually, that's not true. I think I need to get a new chair. My left elbow rest is kind of breaking, and now my arm slips off it. But I don't have allergies, so I'm comfortable like that. Do you have allergies? Do you know in New York right now, we make fun of the sky being green. The sky is actually green in New York. There's so much air pollution out there you need to get eden pure thunderstorms if not for your allergies for your basic health greatest air purifier in the world eden pure thunderstorm it's not like other ones it's this little black box that goes right in the outlet in the wall plug it in it will clean your air viruses mold constantly cleaning your air you need one of these where you sleep where you work they have three packs for sale two hundred dollars off You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. That's how you get one. Three-pack, $200 off. Free shipping, by the way. EdenPureDeals.com. We'll be back. The FBI will be fine in the long run. This fever around Donald Trump and the MAGA world will eventually break, but it's become somehow a nutty article of faith that the FBI is out to get Republicans. If you'd asked people 20 years ago whether that would someday be the accusation, they'd say that's nuts. It's nuts, but it will pass. It will not pass. It is our future, and it's going to get much worse. Joining me now to talk about that and other things, big fan Anna Perez. She has a show called Wrong Think, which I love. I love love that title, Wrong Think with Anna Perez. Anna, we're not putting the band back together. Trust in the FBI is not going to return because the FBI doesn't seem even that interested in earning back your trust or my trust.
4: No, and in fact, Americans are very uh, keenly aware of that. In fact, 24% of Americans, a poll just came out, 24% want the FBI to be defunded and a very large percentage uh, besides that want to see major reform happen for the FBI. So uh, this is big stuff we're talking about here. I mean, this is the first time I've at least in my career seen and I'm young, but you know, uh, that still means something. I don't think at any point uh, have people been this concerned about the FBI and the existence of a deep state on this level. I mean, it used to be conspiracy to bring up the deep state and talk about these three-letter agencies the way that we talk about them. Uh, Now it seems people like Alex Jones are being vindicated. Uh, Donald Trump is calling out the deep state. He talks about retribution. And that's really what these people are scared of. They know that if they have someone, either Donald Trump or someone like him in office, that it could very well mean the end of the FBI. It could mean the end of the deep state. And especially since uh, Republicans in the house seem to be pursuing this, Uh, people like Anna Paulina Luna already called for the impeachment of Joe Biden. Should these allegations against him be true uh, or be proven true? I mean, we all believe that's the case given what we saw on the laptop that's already been released to the public. Um, But look, this is the first time I've seen people really up in arms about this. This is not conspiracy. Uh, And you see Americans being targeted like Tara Reid, she had to move to Russia because she was getting all of these threats and the FBI couldn't protect her. I mean, this is bogus. American, the American people can see that this is obviously a lie we've been lied to for years.
3: Do you think this is this is my struggle? I, everyone has their own thing they struggle with. I believe we have to wake Normie Norm up. I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about your neighbor who agrees with you on everything, but doesn't ever want to get involved. My neighbors are the same way. I don't I don't live around uh, political people. They're people who share my values, but they kind of laugh this stuff off or don't really care that much. And I'm always trying to shake them awake. Is this stuff waking them up? I'm not worried about people who watch wrong think. I'm worried about the people <laughs> who don't.
4: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. This is a concern I think a lot of conservatives share. And I will tell you this, I think we've tapped into an anti-establishment wing of the left. And I know that sounds crazy, but we just saw Matt Gaetz and AOC team up for legislation that would fight insider trading, which, as we all know, almost every member of Congress is involved in in some capacity, particularly uh, establishment, uh, both people, members of the establishment left and the establishment right. Uh, but I think there is an opportunity, you know, you look look at the, you look at political theories, you look at the horseshoe theory, I think there is an opportunity to tap into that anti-establishment left that seems to have disappeared for so long. I know they were very prominent in the 60s, but uh, it, it, we do need to bring that back on the left. And I think if we can tap into that somehow and come together on the fact that and say, look, you know, I know that you may vehemently disagree with me on economics, say, but I think we can both agree that moderates, that these quote moderates that are really just controlling the entirety of DC, the Uniparty, they're the real problem here. They're the people who are controlling your lives on a daily basis. And they control what your life, whether you be a leftist or you know, a conservative
3: reparations is one of those things that make everybody almost universally everyone rolls their eyes. Oh brother, here we go. Reparations again, reparations again. But I don't think people understand how close we are to that becoming a reality, at least in blue states in this country. Here's a little video.
2: All this nonsense, homelessness and all this other garbage y'all talk about, police violence and all this stuff. Don't nobody care about that. Don't nobody real care about that. We care about our reparations and we have to put white people on notice that we want our reparations. We want our reparations. Three million dollars per person.
3: Is this something that's going to happen, Anna?
4: It already has happened in a lot of states and a lot of counties across the country, and it just seems like something that these uh, white liberals, the savior complex they have, that they're voting for. Uh, But look, we're constantly told we have to be ashamed of our history. We have to be ashamed of our past. Kids are lied to from a very young age about the United States of America and how, quote, racist we are. So if we really want to fix this problem as conservatives, if we really want a solution, we're going to have to start changing the messaging, uh, which will be difficult to do. But again, it's all part of what we need to do to reform the education system that is so, so poorly put together. I mean, most teachers are, uh, you know, a lot of fat, blue-haired leftists. Now, there are great teachers out there. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But a lot of them don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I remember uh, Gavin McInnes told me this story one time. His kid came home from school and the teacher literally misspelled your. It was She spelled it Y-O-U-R instead of the apostrophe R-E. You're a star. And he was like, I, I can't take this anymore. These people are not smart. And they're not smart because they're born out of the same system. They're a product of the same system that tells you that the 1619 project is true, which obviously is not the case. It's all a lie. Uh, so we do need to fix this because it is actually wreaking havoc on this country already.
3: She is the host of Wrong Think. Highly recommended. And I come back soon. That was awesome.
4: Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate you having me.
3: You bet. Don't think we're done.
4: We have, we have so much more.
3: You want to talk about world-famous authors? Stop. I'm actually not talking about me. Let's discuss some things a little deeper. How do we fight back? What are the practical ways we can fight back? We'll talk about that in just a moment. First of all, let's talk about you fighting back against your timeshare company. The one that's holding you hostage, like they have a gun to your head. You want out of your timeshare. You do, and I don't blame you. Eventually, they get old, right? Eventually, you don't use them anymore. You want out. You don't want to pay annual fees. You don't want to pay special a- assessments. You want out, and you call them. Hey, uh, can I get out? I-, I think I'm done with it. And they say, nope, sorry. You signed on the dotted line. Should have read the fine print. Lone Star Transfer will get you out. Don't believe these timeshare companies. They're scammers. They're liars. Lone Star Transfer has helped over 18,000 people get out. We're talking about a family company that's successful 99% of the time. They guarantee it. They put it in writing. They give you a time frame that will get you out. Call them. You're one phone call away from freedom, from being done with that timeshare. 844-310-2646. All right? 844-310-2646. Or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back. One of the greatest things about being a world-renowned, world-famous author now is I'm in this special club with other world-famous authors. So it's just like me, you know, like Ernest Hemingway or Shakespeare, and I'm in this club with other people who are really important like that, who write books, and one of those people is joining me now. Her name's Peachy Keenan. She has actually a really cool book out called Domestic Extremist about taking these people on. She also writes for maybe my favorite favorite publication, The Federalist. Peachy, what is it like being world famous and super important <laughs> and smarter than everyone else now? I know I personally am enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I was hoping you could give me some advice how to deal with my newfound fame as a, as a famous author for 24 hours.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's really what, funny. The, the key The key, Peachy, is to rub it in everyone's face and hold it over family and (laughs) friends and things like that. That's what I've been doing for 24 hours, and everyone's really cut me off, but I think it's out of admiration more than anything else.
1: Yeah, and congratulations on the book, by the way. I um I know it's a friendly competition between us, launching yesterday on the same day. Um, your book is looks awesome. I can't wait to read it. But I figure now that I'm famous, I can walk into any restaurant, get a VIP table, order off the menu. You know, I have I have I have rights now as a celebrity.
3: <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you yeah. do. I just sign random autographs for people who don't even ask for it. <laughs> All right, Peachy, let's let's do focus on this. Uh, an extremist that word is thrown around a lot Mm. now I'm sure that's one of the reasons that prompted you to write a book because it is a lot of work writing one why did you write it? What, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean, the title's obviously ironic, um, you know, normal people like me and you who just wanna live our lives are no longer allowed to. Uh, we're, we can't opt out of the craziness. And if you do try to opt out, you are called an extremist. You're called a literal domestic terrorist. So that's what the title means. But what I'm suggesting to people in the book is that the best way to fight back and win the culture war is to actually become an extremist in your own way. And I mean, extremely domestic. You know, center yourself around uh, finding a spouse, getting married, creating your own, creating a beautiful family, having, you know, maybe one or two extra kids, don't stop at one or two, and then protect those children and keep them, you know, insulated from the madness. And that is what it means to be a domestic extremist. And I am Peachy Keenan and I'm a domestic extremist.
3: I have actually read your book. You sent it to me a couple weeks ago, and it's outstanding, and you're 100% right. But, P.G., I don't understand. What are you talking about? How would would getting married or, or starting a family, how would this stop all this nonsense we see? I thought it was all about voting and the pools and legislation and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of people have sort of lost faith that one election can kind of fix what's gone wrong in America, that, you know, we're just we're just one vote away. We're just one, you know, right, good candidate away from making everything go back to how it was like within recent memory. You know, we've lost so much just in a few years. We all grew up in an America that is really no longer recognizable. And I am trying to figure out and scramble around, like, how how do I raise kids in this environment? How, how do I protect them? And so I think the answer is really not to rely on politicians, on politics, or even on laws. I mean, those, those are helpful. I, you know, I prefer a different president to Joe Biden, but that's not really gonna be the long-term answer. And the long-term answer has to come from within each of us. It has to come um, culturally and socially. And that's why we have to go back to these sort of basic eternal timeless truths that like the family is, very, is the most powerful political unit in the world, really. And that's why we're under threat. They don't they don't really want us forming families because the, the tighter-knit your family, um, the harder time they have to access your children's minds.
3: In every country where communism has taken hold, they've tried to shatter the family, mm-hmm. everyone. So in case you doubt yes. her, just know that. They go after the family first. Strong family units are not susceptible to communism. Weak ones are. But, Peachy, okay, so you talk about parenting. I've got two boys, 12 and 14, rotten little scoundrels they are, (laughs) but I love them. And I don't want them to be, I'm not worried about them growing up to be commies. I don't want them to be destroyed by this world, though. I want to prepare them Mm. to go into this world. What do you tell someone like me? And look, we have a lot of families who watch the show. Families watch, parents watch with their kids. What do you tell them?
1: Yeah, it's really, it's really hard. It's a perilous time um, to be a parent. I have teenage boys and um, young daughters and <laughs> there's a lot going on. And I mean, my main tip I tell people is, you know, to paraphrase Sartre, uh, hell is other people's children. So, I mean, you can be doing, you know, a perfect job of teaching your kids the right values, how, what not to do, you know, for boys, you know, don't download pornography Um you know how to treat how to treat girls how to keep your gender um <laughs> you know not put on the dress that they might the teacher's telling you to put on but um the other is the other kids that you have to worry about and that comes down to what school your kids are in like you can do all have all the rules you want but the the eight-year-old in the kids' class, in your kids' class, or at the park, he's going to be showing them pornography. And this happened to me. My, that's how my kids, you know, saw pornography for the first time. It was another child. Hold on, that hold, I didn't on know, hold on, hold on, I'm
3: sorry, Peachy. I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you say eight years old?
1: Eight. That's the average age that young boys are seeing <laughs> pornography. It's what? literally eight years. Yes, on their phones. And so, don't give your child a phone. And really vet who your child is hanging out with. Like, make sure you know the people, and that might require a new school. And I think that in many cases, you know, that is going to be your 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 best bet.
3: Yeah. Terrifying, right? Eight years yeah. old. That's oh right. my gosh! I'm gonna I'm going home right now. I might I might just take the microphone <laughs> off right now to just lock my kids inside of the home. Eight years old. Oh my oh, gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. You wrote a great piece, uh, not for the Federalist, for the American Mind called the war against the normies talking about normies getting stomped out i talk about normies all the time on my show what are you talking about
1: yeah look i mean i come from a long line of normies um (laughs) you know i was a normie for most of my life before the left radicalized me into becoming a domestic extremist you know um Normies are going to save the country. And my book, and I'm sure your book too, is is to help the normies, the the normal people who just wanna be left alone, they just wanna opt out, kind of help them wake up to what is going on and and realize what time it is. And the good news is that people are waking up. Um, We're seeing just this month, you know, happy pride, everyone, Um, regular people who are really normally apolitical, who don't care about this stuff, are suddenly taking a stand. And like, I have friends who are totally apolitical, you know, they don't really follow the things. They're not super online like me, but they're now cheering like the stock price of Target going down. And they're excited about Bud Light's um, sales going down. They're having fun now, seeing that these cultural powers um, are hurt by their bad, like woke policies. And so the normies are waking up. And I think that we need to just kind of
3: keep growing our our Normie army to win the culture war. I 100% agree with you. And I've argued Mm -hmm. that the whole tranny stuff, specifically the tranny stuff (laughs) aimed at kids, that that was the stuff that snapped Normie Norm awake. That he could have ignored most stuff, but you wake up one day and they're chopping off the boys, at 12 year old, they're chopping off penises of 12 year old boys and you realize, wow, I'm dealing with demons here. Her name is Peachy Keenan. Her book is called Domestic Extremist. I have read it. I endorse it completely. It is freaking awesome. Go get it oh, and I, and support her in you. any way you can. Peachy, thank you, ma'am.
1: Thank you so much, Jesse. Good luck with the book.
3: Appreciate you. All right. Birth rates. That's an uncomfortable conversation, isn't it? It's kind of icky. Almost a little bit personal. Birth rates. Yeah. You want to get icky? Wait, no, it'll be clean. But you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it next. Before we talk about that, birth rates. Why is it a crisis? Why are they down? There are many, many, many reasons. Some outside of our control. Some within our control. But testosterone levels, free-falling, it's an undeniable, undeniable factor in it, and a huge factor. If you have a society full of low-T men, You're not in a society where men desire to procreate with women. It's just a fact. And if you don't procreate with women, you don't get to have a society anymore. It's how God made us. It's important. So what do we do? With testosterone levels and free fall, what do we do? We have to fight back. Chalk is the way we fight back. It might be how we save this place. We have to be a bunch of high-T people in this country. Male vitality stack. From chalk, Go get on one and stay on one. Stay on it for 90 days. You give me 90 days. If you don't feel, it's palpable. If you don't feel different, cancel it. I want you to cancel your subscription. Female Vitality Stack for the ladies. It's important. Believe me, whether you're 20 and getting ready to start procreating or 90 and you're all done, it's important for your focus, for your energy, for how you feel cho all natural herbal supplements. chuck.com promo code JESSE is how you get 35% off subscriptions. Go get one, all right? We'll be back.
0: We're focused on securing our border, combating climate crisis, and protecting the fundamental rights of Americans.
3: That's great news. We're fighting the climate crisis, which apparently there is one. I I haven't noticed, but there's a climate crisis. We're definitely tackling it and securing the border. I guess all is well. Joining me now, Todd Bensman. He is the fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies. I love them, by the way. And he's also the author of the book Overrun, talking about the border. If you want to know what's actually happening at your southern border, which it's pretty horrifying to read, but I'm glad I read it. Todd, okay, let's talk about this for a moment. How overrun is the border? Because people will see TV and they see little social media clips, but they don't understand what's actually happening on the ground because most people ain't down there.
0: Well, in broad strokes for two and a half years, we have hit uh, a a major, uh, smashed a major record of one sort or another, month after month after month, year after year. We're now into the third year uh, we have never seen numbers this vast, not even close to this vast, uh, you know, 2.4 million apprehensions last year. We're headed to 3 million encounters this year, uh, 1.7 million the first year. It's just millions and millions of people uh, attempting to cross that border or att- or crossing that border. And the main reason is that we have uh, pursued policies that let them in. Uh, I'll just repeat that. Let them in. When you let them in, uh, they send selfies home to the home villages or you know to relatives and people who are still on the way in, uh, showing that they are in, and therefore you should come in too in the same way. And here's how to do it. And uh, because of that, we have had this just utter uh, you know human avalanche of of a of a of a torrent of. Uh, People coming through that border. And uh, absolutely, this is a historic event in American history.
3: Okay, first of all, I want to focus on something because you know a lot about this stuff and we do not. Where are they coming from? Most Americans naturally, understandably think, well, they're all coming from Mexico. That's obviously not the case. That's not even half the case anymore, but they don't understand where. Where are these people coming from?
0: Well, they're coming from uh, 160 countries from around the world that are not (laughs) Mexico or or Central America. They are coming from the entire globe has heard about the open uh, gate, and they are coming for it. Um, I've met probably uh, immigrants from every single country on the continent of Africa. I can't think of one uh, that I haven't met somebody from. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I met my very first Dagestani's. Uh, from Dagestan, um, I met in in my hotel in it uh, was absolutely filled with uh, Kyrgyzstanis. Kyrgyz, they called themselves Kyrgyz, uh, coming from Belarus, uh, Russia, every country of the Middle East. Uh, really, there's nowhere in the world that they're not coming from. Uh, I, you know, m- uh, the 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 issue here is that probably 40. Five percent of everyone who is reaching the border is not from your grandparents' border crisis of Mexicans and Central Americans, although plenty are. Uh, They're coming from uh, dangerous places with terrorist organizations, uh, lots coming from China right now, thousands, 10,000 coming from China just since October. Uh, So that's what we're facing.
3: Okay, and I know that I'm about to ask you the broadest, lamest question in the world, so take as much time as you need, but I really wanna know, why are they coming? I know that's a complicated answer that will differ because there's so many people coming, but why?
0: I mean, actually, it's not that complicated uh, because remember, I spend uh, a lot of my time with the immigrants uh, on the trail. I've interviewed thousands of them about this. Um, Most of them are coming from countries that are just no good. I mean, nobody wants to live in Haiti. Uh, It's not necessarily political persecution, but there might be uh, a chance to improve your lot in life if you can get over the U.S. border. Um, So that's just a steady state. Nothing changed changed there. That's the way it has always been uh, for decades and decades. This country is better than other countries. That's just the way it is. What changes, what creates ebbs and flows and uh, sudden spikes and decreases is American policy. That's the door, that's the hinge, that's the the, the uh, spigot. And what the administration did, the Biden administration did when they first got into the office is uh, they opened the spigots. wide. They said, we're going to take all families, any family that crosses, they get in, we're going to get them in. All uh, unaccompanied minors, if you cross without a parent, you're going to get in. All pregnant women, six months or or more, you're going to get in. And then in the meantime, uh, we'll be so busy processing your papers into the country of millions of those people that we're going to leave the border undefended and unguarded. And so a million seven have crossed in, just running in, uh, into the interior. So all (laughs) together... Right, I mean, it's just a complete chaotic situation down there that is entirely due to policy decisions that the immigrants are paying very, very close attention to. They're very smart, very rational. Uh, they're not going to lay down 5000 or $10,000 in smuggling fees unless they have a really good uh, assurance that they're going to get in and stay in otherwise you're not spending that kind of money. I wouldn't, you wouldn't, nobody would, and neither would they. So it's all about weighing the odds that you're gonna get in. And most of them are guaranteed entry under this administration. So they're laying that smuggling money down and they're coming.
3: Okay, where are they going once they're here? And what do they do? How do you find a job? Do they find a job? Where are they going and what are they doing?
0: It depends. Well, first of all, to the question of where they're going, I always ask them, where are you going? So I know uh, they're going to every city in America, large, small, uh, in the interior, in the heartland, on the on the, uh, both coasts, from Seattle down to San Diego, from Maine all the way down to Miami, uh, and everywhere in between, uh, really just hundreds upon hundreds of thousands, and now millions of people have just flooded in, And they get on, when they cross the border, uh, the administration gives them a quick release papers. uh, And within 24, 48 hours, they're on a bus to wherever they want to go with a pinky finger agreement that they will turn themselves in voluntarily to an ICE office at some point and figure it out later. Uh, But in the meantime, some of them have, uh, are given work authorizations Uh, A lot of them are being given work authorizations if they come in in a certain way. Uh, And the rest can just work illegally or qualify for local uh, uh, welfare. You know, cities, all the cities provide, you know, welfare and housing subsidies and food and clothing and volunteer and, you know, New York's got them all in, you know, gigantic hotels that are completely filled with immigrants. Everything's paid food, clothing, everything. School is, of course, public schools are free. So there's just flooding into all of our public schools, which, by the way, are having to buy uh, portable classrooms. If I tell you, if there's a uh, publicly traded portable classroom manufacturer, I'm buying that stock. Uh, but, uh, you know, lots of school districts are having to have bond elections to spike the tax rate to pay for all this. these uh, new influxes. None of them are insured, uh, so they're all going on. Uh, I mean, millions of, of people are going on to uh, public um, you know, Medicaid and local state insurance plans, uh, that sort of thing.
3: Yeah. yeah. The book is overrun. If you want to know what's actually going on down there, Todd, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate the uh, attention to the problem.
3: You bet. All right, we have a very special, very famous light in the mood coming next. Before we get to that, Father's Day's coming. You know it's coming, right? Have you made any preparations? Probably not. You know why? Because dads are impossible to buy for. My dad... I don't think he's ever cared about a single Father's Day gift I've ever bought him. I'll get him, a, a, you know, golf balls here or a new book there, although I know which book I'm getting him this year. But he never cares. You know why? Because I haven't gotten dad gadgets. Your dad wants things that are useful and cool. Your dad wants a new wallet, even if he doesn't know it. His wallet sucks. Grip6 wallets are the best. Your cards lock into these wallets. You can get them with or without the loop on them, but your cards lock in. When you want them, you just squeeze it. They come popping right out. Isn't that frigging cool? It's simple, and it's awesome. Made in America. Grip6 has the best socks. They have the best belts. They have the coolest wallets around. And right now, 25% off site-wide. But wait, there's actually something even better than that. By the way, Dad can twirl his wallet and his fingers like I do right now, feeling like you're in the Old West. There's one more thing. They have Dad Packs at Grip6, 40% off. You have to go to GRIP6.com slash Jesse. Get Dad a dad pack, save a fortune. GRIP6.com slash Jesse. We'll be back. All right. We're going to do a very special Light in the Mood tonight. I don't want to call it sacred, because that's a little too far, but something you'll probably remember the rest of your life. I wanted to read just a little blurb from chapter two of my book, The Anti-Communist Manifesto. And keep in mind, remember this. If you want to buy the book, if you want to buy a signed book, if you want info on the book tour and they have tickets for the book tour stops there and all the info you need, everything you need is at jessikellybook.com. That's one, two. I cannot believe you guys. The book... The book is not supposed to be in the top 100 of books sold in America with all the kids' books and fiction books. Uh, This thing might go to number one. You guys are insane. Anyway, chapter two, here it is. As a result of persecution, conservative academics are a dying breed. A survey by Econ Journal Watch in September 2016 that investigated the voter registration of 7,243 professors at 40 leading U.S. universities found that Democrats outnumber Republicans by an average of 11.5 to one. The picture looks even more grim when broken down into fields of study. Republicans are most represented in the field of economics where they're only outnumbered 4.5 to one. In law, Democrats outnumber Republicans eight to one. In psychology, 17.4 to one. In journalism slash communication, 20 to one. In history, 35 to 1. We are not merely surrounded. We are enveloped. We are the thong on Lizzo's body. Sorry about that little tidbit at the end. I, I can't help myself when I'm writing stuff. Anyway, jessikellybook.com. See you tomorrow.